Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where no matter if you're a tall white, a gray, or even a little green man, we still aren't sure if you're real. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. We are going to get so many angry emails about pleasurance. Actually, it's playarins. I hate it. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, in the end of the episode. Um, yes, you should. Because <laughs> some of this stuff is amusing and some of it, it's like, I want this person in jail. Uh, they didn't do anything illegal, but I want them in jail for making me feel weird. Straight to jail. So I am both excited for and terrified by this episode. Um, this is the one uh, we, were, we uh, were alluding to when we were talking about the reverse SEO the other week. Yes. Um, as someone who only occasionally dips a toe into the realm of aliens, I know it can be really, really confusing when people start talking about the different alien races. So what I've done is compile a sort of beginner's guide to, like, the main culprits in various stories of, like, contact and abductions, um, as well as sprinkle in some stories about those specific races that I found interesting, infuriating, or necessary. The the real races that definitely do exist and are out there there's only really one where i'm like maybe because it pops up so much i mean i i may have opinions on that here's the thing i'm gonna say this right off the bat so if anyone is listening to it because you like searched alien races in you know spotify or whatever the fuck you use and you're like oh these people will give me a full rundown um my belief in aliens is that they probably exist because it would be insane to think that we are not the only people in the entire galaxy. Um, I just don't think that they're coming to hang out and like stick tubes up our butts. Yeah, that's generally how I feel about the subject as well. Like they're out there in the billions of universes across billions of years. Like, sure, there have been other forms of life. And they may have even done like a drive by because that's a lot of weird stuff in the sky. So sure. UFOs are objectively real. What the UFOs are, questionable. But like, that's, yeah, that's a thing. I'll, I'll buy that. Um, your classic alien abduction story, I will tend to be a little more skeptical of. So like, if, if more talk like this is gonna bum you out, please just turn the episode off right now. Because <laughs> I promise you, it will not get better. I will get more catty. It's fine if you believe differently. That's go, go do your thing. Uh, that's totally fine, but just don't get mad at us because we don't agree. So that's yes, that's yes. the uh, good good disclaimer. <laughs> um, what a weird energy to start the episode off. With. Yeah, but I assume all of this information will be very important in the future, since according to an astrophysicist, astrophysicist, I got this. It's a big word for Emily, <laughs> named Christopher Consolis, um, and a math thing called the Drake Equation that was created by an astrophysicist with the last name Drake a long time ago. Um, there are probably 36 alien civilizations in the Milky Way. Just the matter of odds and like how evolution works based on like humans. It's a very complicated equation. But this guy thinks that, yeah, there's about 36, could be four, could be like 200. But 36 <laughs> seems like the safe number. The thing about like... All of this that gets me is, like, this might be getting way too conceptual, but just the fact that, like, the universe is so old, like, 
it isn't a guarantee that if there are alien races out there that they are living in the same time period that we are and conscious in the same time period that we are and also capable of faster than light travel at this particular time in like this very, very particular specific point in a very larger timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the like the concept of like people seeing strange beings like back back in the old olden times, like old olden times. Um, maybe. And maybe that priest doesn't exist anymore that like actually made it here. I don't know. <laughs> Space is weird. It's, it's a lot of speculation. <laughs> Without further ado, I present to you the idiot's guide to alien races. Huzzah. For idiots, by idiots. Uh, so first and foremost, we're going to talk about Little Green Men. The classics. More specifically, how it does not relate to any widely known or studied alien races. The phrase, as used in sci-fi, actually dates back to a story in a 1946 issue of the comic book Weird Tales in a story called Mayaya's Little Green Men. It was then reinforced by a 1955 book called Martians Go Home by E.P. Dutton, where there are little green men who were aliens and spent all their time causing mischief and generally being annoying. And then you throw in the character of the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones, and you have the generic ideal of an alien uh, that people who might not be well-versed in the area can turn to, Mm. often in a derogatory or condescending manner. Um, It's also been more recently used as a nickname for Russian military personnel because of their clothing. Interesting. But we're not going to get into their meaning. Um, I need to cite my sources. Oh, right. Do that. (laughs) I would love to hear your sources for this. Um, That's another thing. I tried to be as objective as possible with my sources. Um, So, As in, like, not just outright dismissing them because they were talking about aliens seriously or... Yeah, it's kind of like when I'm doing stuff about, like, Catholicism. Like, I will turn to, like, thecatholicchurch.com or whatever the fuck because, like... Mm -hmm. They believe in it and that sort of thing. But that being said, um, my sources are a couple articles on live science, a website called Gaia.com. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Britannica, Vox.com, a couple articles from there. Um, Contingent Magazine uh, or ContingentMag.org and um, a list from a website called RD.com. I can't list the name of the articles because I don't want to give away the farm. Oh, and we are going to end this episode with a game. Huzzah! It's not me padding my notes at all. <laughs> no, when I sat down to do these notes, it was I was going like, to say, were you struggling to find reliable information about alien races, Emily? I, I need to stop. I'm being a bummer. Um, It's it's very mixed. There's People don't always agree on stuff. That was more of the issue with it. Fair. Fair. Um, it's finding consistent information. But also, when I sat down to write my notes last night, Travis put on um, Dolomite as my name, and I was very invested in that movie while trying to write my <laughs> notes. So, good movie, by the way. Um, all right. So, we're actually going to start with The Greys. Or, or The Greys, if you're from Europe. <laughs> That's a spelling joke. <laughs> and it translates beautifully to audio. So, these are the stereotypical alien aliens in the vein of, like, Lisa Frank folders and autopsies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the alien from the autopsy video. Yeah. So these are the guys that zip around the cosmos in their little flat saucer-shaped crafts and scare the crap out of people in the buttfuck nowhere. So uh, greys are most often described as being three to three and a half feet tall with grayish skin. Uh, They have unusually large hairless heads, long, oddly jointed limbs, and an apparent lack of any muscular structure. They lack most external body parts like noses and other things. Um, though they have holes where their ears and noses would be. Are you talking about alien bepsis? Yes. 
I was um, going to not talk about pebuses, but sure. Even though I sent you a picture of one yesterday. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't send me a picture and then not bring it up. It's not That wasn't of the greys, though. No. So most of their heads are taken up by large, black, almond-shaped eyes that have no pupils or irises. Um, but this is, of course, only one description, because some people have said that they are up to six feet tall, with skin that ranges from bluish to tan to pale white. So it depends on who you ask. Yeah, the neutrals. Yeah, and their clothing also varies on who you ask, because in early reports, they're said to wear little jumpsuits. Cute. But they've also been described as nude, or I guess maybe it's not nude to them, but no clothing. Or at least, like, they have no concept of nudity. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a formal versus casual abduction thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. You, know, you only dress up for the real, the big wigs. Oh, yeah, like uh, Betty and Barney Hill, because that's, that's your debut. Exactly. So their intentions, as far as their Earth visits go, seem to be for experimentation purposes mainly abducting human test subjects and then returning them after attempting to wipe their memories, which seems to be very common because you have um, one of the common signs of potential alien abduction is missing time Mm -hmm. because they will try to wipe your memory. And then you'll kind of have like those hazy memories of stuff and it's weird. So many claim that greys communicate through telepathy and often employ mind control when interacting with their test subjects. Um, And it is said that they can stun and subdue people with their eyes implant memories, and render abductees immobile. Uh, So general consensus seems to be that they're not inherently malevolent, but they also don't always seem to care that they're scaring the fuck out of people. So I think it's maybe like they have a different moral compass or Mm -hmm. they don't see humans as being... I mean, yeah, you can't expect alien beings to have the same kind of just view of the world as we do. Yeah, I guess it would kind of be like back when we thought animal testing was okay. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a pig. Like, what the fuck does it matter? But it does matter. Yeah. Even just like so much of like this is kind of like of the way our society operates and functions. And we can't expect other completely different societies to have the same, you know, values and morals. And Yeah, I mean, you can see that on just Earth. Just way of functioning. Yeah. 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 Like, I wouldn't expect someone from like Indonesia to have the same like values and stuff is someone from like Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So thanks to the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, which I think I talked about in the high strangeness episode. Yes. um, A connection has been drawn between Greys and the star system of Zeta Reticuli, which is located about 39 light years away from us. Um, And this popped up when a teacher named Marjorie Fish interpreted a map that Betty Hill had drawn during hypnosis. Um, The teacher identified it as being of a star system that she could identify as Zeta Reticuli. So basically, Betty Hill went under hypnosis and drew a star map that she was just basically copying from something that she said that she saw when she was on the ship. Okay. Which, like, I don't know what Betty Hill did in the meantime. Like, maybe she remembered it from something else, but that's pretty fucking weird. I can't draw a star map. Yeah, but I also wonder (laughs) about, uh, A, like, how much this teacher actually knows about space, and B... Um, what that even would look like. Uh, It's actually been verified, if I'm not mistaken, by like someone who actually knows what stars look like. Okay. But um, the hypnosis thing is a red flag for me. Oh, yeah. No, that's I'll give it. I'll give it to you. She was pulling it from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll I'll have the image of the the thing that she drew. um, So you guys can give us your opinions. Um, Yeah, that that's weird. All right. So. Um, these guys have also popped up during the Roswell incident or mm-hmm. the Corona incident because 
Roswell's just where the newspaper that reported on it was. It actually ha- happened outside of Corona, New Mexico. That is the biggest well, actually, of this whole podcast. That's something to just be annoying at parties with. <laughs> so they popped up as potential pilots of the craft that crashed in Roswell. If you remember the alien autopsy video from the 90s mm-hmm. um, that ended up being a hoax that I think we covered in our hoax episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and it also came up in uh, Whitley Strieber's book Communion, which details its close encounters with the species. And remember in the High Strangest ne- episode when I talked about that housewife named Betty Andresen? Yeah. That's the one where, like, aliens showed up at her house and she served them tea or something. She she gave them uh, beef. <laughs> beef. Those were probably a subset of greys, too. Okay. My personal theory um, is that there are different, like, gray is a generalization and, like, there are little mm-hmm. greys and there are big greys and there are greys from this planet and there are greys from that planet. I mean, we do tend to lump people together in big groups. I, yeah. We would do it with aliens, all alien aliens too. look the same. Yeah. <laughs> So Greys were first mentioned in 1891, when a book called Meta, A Tale of the Future, was published by Kenneth Bollingsby. In the book, the narrator describes seeing small gray humanoids with balloon-shaped heads. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Now, in the 1917-ish area, something both predictable and unexpected happened. Famed teleportation butt magician Aleister Crowley claimed to be in contact with an entity named Lamb that fit the definition of a gray pretty well. That was the picture that I sent you last night. Interesting. Ah, uh, yes. No wonder there were penises involved. Oh, no, that that's a separate thing. The one with the big oh. alien head that I sent you. Oh, the other one. Sorry. Sorry. I only remembered the one with the genitals. No, that was just for scale. <laughs> Crowley claimed to have made contact through the Alamantra workings, which he thought allowed humans to contact beings from outer space and across dimensions. Since then, other ufologists and occult followers have claimed to have met this entity, describing it as having a, quote, cold computer-like intelligence and utterly beyond human comprehension. Sounds pretty metal. Yeah, so that's your primer on greys. Cool. They're like one of the top two that people say that they've met or seen. Or were abducted by, I think, Greys um, hang out around our parts a little bit more. (laughs) Um, We're good test subjects, I guess. Yeah, they're definitely like, when you think about aliens, they're probably the first thing you're going to picture. But here's here's something interesting, maybe. It depends on your definition of interesting, I suppose. (laughs) In all of the reading that I did, I did not come across any specific mentions of anal probing. Interesting. I know that in the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, there was some probing in another orifice of Barney Hill that he did not much appreciate, but... Uh, Oh. Yeah. But not anal probing. I wonder where that first came up. I didn't want to Google it to find specifics. No, and I have no desire to research it either, but like, certainly there's a patient zero out there somewhere for the anal probe. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) So the next up is the reptilians. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And personally, I find these guys to be the most maligned alien species that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Not through their own fault, but through the fault of of man. Specifically men. Specifically a man, I would say. So you may recognize them from the long-running conspiracy theory that they are infiltrating Earth's various governments and trying to bring down the the free world. Oh, sure. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth is one. Mm. Why do you think she's lived for so long? (laughs) She has COVID right now. No. Best wishes for her speedy recovery, and yeah. I can't wait for this to be out in a week and very dated, and maybe we just cut this. <laughs> anyway, 
So your average reptilian or reptoid lizard person, archon, reptilioid, saurians, or draconians, uh, they're hard to pin down description-wise, other than that they are large, larger than humans, and look like scaly reptiles, uh, that is when they're not shape-shifting, and from the diagram that I found in Wikipedia, they have very small weenies. Oh, that was the diagram. That was the diagram, yes. Uh, We'll post that as well. Yes, good. Maybe we'll have to like put a little um after unified skull over the Johnsons, but Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I'm not intimately familiar with uh Instagrams. We can cut out a little picture of David Icke's head and use that to put it there over. There you dicks. go. Please remind me to do that. <laughs> I will forget by the time I'm actually making the slideshow. If I remember when I send you pictures, I will let you know. Um, So the prevalence of reptilians mainly comes from the aforementioned conspiracy theory perpetuated by British conspiracy theorist and certified fucking moron David Icke. (laughs) The stucker. In his 1999 book, The Biggest Secret, he suggests that tall, blood-drinking, shape-shifting reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Draconis star system are hiding in underground bases and are hell-bent on taking over the world. What I enjoy about this theory is that it's so specific. (laughs) That too. Among some of the alleged reptilians are Queen Elizabeth, the Bush family, Obama, Katy Perry, Donald Rumsfeld, and America's favorite MILF, Angelina Jolie. One of these things is not like the other. It's Donald (laughs) Rumsfeld. Yes, that's who I was referring to. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to level with you guys because I love you. I cannot take this seriously. I would hope that if you are listening to this podcast, you can't either. Most of the information I could find from any kind of reputable source about this cons- is about the conspiracy. Like, that's all right. that's out yeah. there about reptilians. They There have been reports of reptilian abductions, but with the first one cropping up in Nebraska in 1967, it seems unlikely. Maybe that's just when they showed up. But especially because Herbert Shermer, the police officer who reported the abduction, was under hypnosis when he said it. Of course he was. Hypnosis has never steered us wrong on anything, Emily. The concept of shape-shifting reptilians was also used as a way to manipulate a New Mexico woman into murdering the ex-wife of her con artist boyfriend and alien buddy. Big yike. Yes, in 1999, Diazen Hassenkopf and his girlfriend Laura, uh, Linda Henning kidnapped and most likely killed 36-year-old Malaysian woman Girlie Chu Hassenkopf. Diazen uh, had some tiny-dicked butt-baby reason for doing this, and he managed to convince... Most men do. Yes, he managed to convince uh, Linda Henning that Girlie Chu was secretly a reptilian queen that needed to die in order for Linda to take over as supreme queen? Oh, Jesus. See, now I feel double bad about this one, because not only did a woman was a woman killed, but like this other woman clearly had, you know, some mental health issues happening that were exploited. And this, this tiny dick butt baby, um, this fucker, he had made a, a living on conning women. I can't remember his real name. It's like Armando Chavez or something. It's not Dyson Hassenkopf. He chose that name because he considers the Japanese and the Germans to be the two master races. So he chose a Japanese. Oh, Jesus. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. Like, girly Chu seemed like a very sweet woman. Yeah. But just the, the absurdity of everything that happened. Yes. And the fact that it was, like... Hassenkopf met Linda Henning when they both went to a David Icke symposium in New Mexico. So, oh boy, this is on him. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Outside of that pile of horseshit and the odd abduction story um, in tabloids, which I read many of them, 
Um, the best reptilian story that I have is the Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. <gasps> oh, I've heard of this. Which sounds like a Hardy Boys book, but is actually a cryptid <laughs> reported first in July of 1988 near the community of, I'm not kidding, Browntown, South Carolina. <laughs> Ah, uh, classic. So the Lee County Sheriff's Office investigated a report of a car damaged overnight while parked at a home on the edges of Scape or Swamp. The car allegedly had tooth marks and scratches with hair and muddy footprints left behind. And this was the start of multiple claims that eventually became a story about a lizard man in the swamp. 17-year-old local Christopher Davis reported to the sheriff that his car was damaged by a creature he described as, quote, green, wet-like, about seven feet tall, uh, with three fingers, red eyes, skin like a lizard, and snake-like scales. Uh, he had seen this two weeks prior. According to Davis, he was driving home from work when his car got a flat tire. After fixing it, he saw a creature walking towards him. Davis got in the car and began to drive, but the creature was soon on top of the car. He hit the brakes, causing the creature to roll off, giving him time to escape. Coverage by newspapers and media resulted in increased attention for his claims. Uh, local businesses began selling Lizard Man t-shirts, and the local Chamber of Commerce encouraged the media attention as good for the community. I love when towns embrace their monsters. Uh, people still claim to see the Lizard Man to this day. Have you... You've seen the picture, right? Of the Lizard Man? The picture that was capper, captured of the Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp. We, might, we may need to include this in the slideshow. Certainly you know the one I'm talking about. I'm... Is it the super, super blurry one or the one where he looks like one of the Ninja Turtles from the new Michael Bay movie? Uh, the latter. <laughs> yeah. It's a costume. It's it a makes dude me laugh. Everybody. I mean, yeah, it's clearly a guy in like a big lizard costume. He's just, he's so jaunty, just kind of strange. <laughs> the best thing is like the screenshot I sent you was from like the Daily Mail and their headline is the very, uh, yeah, <laughs> just non questioning. South Carolina's lizard man may have been captured in new images. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's even better than the Bigfoot ones, where it's also clearly a yes. man in a suit. <laughs> so in all seriousness, the idea of reptilians, I hope you're ready to get deep down a rabbit hole. Um, the idea of reptilians probably came from a story called The Shadow Kingdom, which was also published in an issue of Weird Tales in 1929. Uh, the story in turn drew from other stories of Atlantis and the lost continent of Lemuria, which were expounded upon by a famed occultist, Madame Helena Blavatsky, in the late 19th century with her book The Secret Doctrine, which made mention of dragon men who once had a mighty civilization on Lemuria. We've talked about her before, haven't we? That name rings a bell. Yes, she influenced Aleister Crowley quite a bit. Um, right. So in turn, she influenced uh, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Unfortunately, um, she had a theory about like the seven races that existed long, long ago, and one of them was the Aryans, and she didn't quite mean anything racist by it, but then the Nazis, who are big occult nerds, oh, got a hold yeah. of it, and that's where that came from. But it's also been argued by a historian named Edward Gumont that the reptilian conspiracy theory drew from earlier legends that came out of the colonization of Africa, particularly surrounding the Maka Mokeli Membe, I'm sorry, a dinosaur-like entity slash cryptid that has been seen in the Zimbabwe area. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. So. Big old brontosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> Just had the quote from John Mulaney, like, some big fucking brontosaurus. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So we're going to change the subject. That's, I have a thought. 
in it's not a completely farm to that. None of these are. But I get the impression that <laughs> I feel like we as human beings have been telling and retelling the same stories over and over and over again for thousands of years. And really, it's just we frame them in different ways. Like the demons of the old timey days, like became aliens when that was the primary anxiety of society at the time. Like, I feel we kind of just, we kind of take our old monsters and we reframe them to fit kind of what we're scared of at any given moment. Well, and if you guys remember the the unicorn episode where um, Pliny saw a hippo, didn't recognize it, but decided to go back and write about it as something that he has just discovered. Someone could have just saw something, something big, some like now ex- extinct species that someone saw something they didn't fully understand and it grew in the retelling yeah, like yeah, it's just shit happens it just, like sometimes we just be- believe it and don't like look into it more like we did with the unicorn thing or like it doesn't become apparent mm-hmm. yeah and it's, the narratives can form around so many things that completely grow out uh, or just completely expand beyond what was originally there yes. I don't know. I'm getting too philosophical. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> Please stop me. <laughs> yeah. It, someone saw something somewhere and didn't understand it is usually the the explanation for a lot of this. But now we're going to move on to... Uh, man. Now we're going to move on to the Nordics, which are... Okay, now now we're into territory that I am not familiar oh, with. Oh, wow. This is the area that I'm most familiar with. Um, So... I'm a little apprehensive, given how much you're sighing. It's... Some of my favorite stories and some of my least favorite stories are in this section. The, the Nordics... It's not Thor, is it? No. I know Thor is technically an alien. Um, Thor would be considered a Nordic by those standards. Okay. Um, I'm sure there Continue. are people in the Marvel Universe that refer to him as a Nordic because they don't understand Asgardian. <laughs> so the Nordics are like the hot hippie kids of the galaxy. Um, they're also known as the Tall Whites, sometimes. Uh, Space Brothers, Playarans, Venusians, and Agarthans. Venusians? Venusians. From Venus. The Newsies. Yes, it's Christian Bale. My favorite is Space Brothers. <laughs> I love it. Because um, it's just, it's really easy to picture them like rolling into the atmosphere in like a big painted van with flames shooting out of the back like it's space balls. <laughs> well, now that's what I'm picturing and you can't convince me otherwise. So these guys seem to have some of the most highly documented abductions and contacts situations that I could find. Uh, many contact, yeah, many contactees have claimed to receive channeled messages of peace and love from the Nordics, and much of the oh Christ, uh, and much of the information <laughs> about the species is obtained in this manner. The Nordics are concerned with the apparently with the spiritual evolution of humanity, and often remind contactees that we are closely related to them, albeit humans are at a lesser developmental stage. I can think of is that line from The Simpsons where they think Mr. Burns is an alien. <laughs> And he says, I bring you love. And then someone goes, he's bringing love. Break its legs. <laughs> but being of a higher form of being than us hasn't stopped them from enjoying some of our amenities since tall whites, a potential subset of Nordics or their own thing. It's very blurry. Um, but they have been spotted in Vegas and at Burning Man. I feel like that's probably just some tall guys. Yeah. So the tall white. I mean. <laughs> the tall whites apparently look different from the standard nordic they're supposed to be like almost like somewhere between a gray and a nordic so like really tall and really pale but like patchy hair and like weird kind of like how the men in black have been described in some cases it's very strange and a little creepy oh yeah kind of almost like uncanny valley humans like they don't quite match but they 
I will say any witnesses who have seen these at Burning Man are clearly going to be, you know, reliable. Yeah, that's the person I'm going to trust. Someone who's so strung out on peyote and dehydration. (laughs) I mean, if Burning Man's your thing, go for it. Sounds fun. Uh, Not, not gonna, I'm gonna have a little uh, seed of doubt if you tell me you saw an alien there. Uh, Nordics are most often described as incredibly human-like, standing around six or seven feet tall, although some tall whites have been reported to be up to nine feet tall. That's too tall. Yeah, with very pale white skin and a blonde to reddish hair. Are they sure that they're not just talking to Norwegians? No. (laughs) Um, So they travel around most commonly in crafts described as cigar-shaped, which sounds a lot like giant dick-shaped to me, but that's just my opinion. They're also described as very beautiful by certain people, but I guess it also depends on who's doing the describing. I mean, you can be, like, ethereally beautiful and... Terrifying. Like, Galadriel? Like, are we not sure Florence of Florence and the Machine is a Nordic? Because I can see it. Like her and Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Travis Walton probably didn't think they were beautiful when his Mormon logger ass was plucked out of Arizona and held for five days. (laughs) That, I mean, doesn't sound like fun. With a crew that sounds like it was mixed greys and Nordics. Like, the greys were working Mm. for the Nordics. Interesting. Yes. So during his time in space, uh, he remembers waking up on a table with three short, bald creatures with domed heads and tiny faces. Kind of like a... Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Put a wig on it, sure. Just a lot of face, but not a lot of facial feature. They're very small, concentrated towards the middle. So he woke up, they were standing around him like he was on a table. Um, there was some exploration of a ship and your general poking around before a Nordic found him and gave him a tour. And after that, three other Nordics put a plastic-like oxygen mask over his face, and the next thing he knew, it was five days later, and uh, the craft that picked him up was dropping him off on the side of a highway in Arizona. And he definitely wasn't at Burning Man. No, actually, um, when he disappeared, I think he was with, like, four other people, like, Mormon loggers, and, yeah, he got beamed up and, um, like, genuinely disappeared for five days. Oh, is this a, like, fire in the sky something? That the, there's a movie. Yes, the one with uh, Henry this. Thomas and the uh, Terminator from Terminator Two. I remember being like seeing part of that movie when I was way too young for it and being very traumatized. It'll ruin you. It's very scary. Um, I have. I think if I saw it, it's been a long time ago, so I'd very much like to see it again. I'm sure it it can't be nearly as bad as like how we built it up and like our little tiny child heads. Probably not. And plus, you know, that was during Henry Thomas's peak years when he was. Oh, no. His older days, he's pretty, pretty He's still handsome. pretty cute. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> to this day, Travis Walton sticks to his story and seems... Yes, Minnie? Minnie, can we talk later? Um, he seems genuinely traumatized by whatever happened to him. Do mm-hmm. you hear her? Oh, yeah. It's very cute. I have no idea what happened to him. I, nothing good. No, I mean... Just because, you I mean, you can maybe not believe it was an alien abduction, but still believe that something happened to him. Something happened to traumatize him. Yeah. So on the on the flip side of that, you have people who claim to have had deeply personal relationships with various Nordics and are part of a UFO enthusiast subset I like to call alien perverts. <laughs> I was going in a different direction with that, but sure. Oh, God. This is the part where I'm just like, Nyeh. So, uh, South African Elizabeth Clarer is a pretty straightforward 
a version of an alien pervert. Um, she came forward with a love story about her and a Venusian named Akon, who visited her multiple times, as well as took her away to his planet for seven years to his planet to raise their child before returning her back to Earth. Eww. Yeah. How does that work? Um, she didn't really get into the details of it in the book that she wrote. She was very That's okay. explicit about, you know, some of the other stuff. But as far as the seven years she spent on a different planet, not a lot of a... Uh, kind of just glosses over that. Yeah. Uh, so there's also Truman Bethurum. I think that's how it's pronounced. I was say, like, if you want to write, like, alien porn, like, there's a whole market on Amazon for that. Man, I just remembered that they sell, like, alien dildos. Ugh. Not Amazon, but, like, they're out there. There's even one that's, like, like an alien with the egg-laying ovi poster thing with eggs that you can purchase to... God, I hate humanity. Um, <laughs> I mean, you do you guys. So there's also a man named Truman Bethurum who claimed to have been visited 11 times in 1952 by a crew of aliens, aliens, <laughs> you literally have to say aliens. a crew of aliens from the planet Clarion <laughs> located, quote, on the other side of our sun. During these encounters, Bethurum repeatedly conversed with its beautiful and voluptuous female captain, Aura Rains. This is not surprising at all, but also he does realize that Earth rotates around the sun, right? I don't want to talk about we go, it. We, we go all the way around. <laughs> Apparently, this female captain left such a mark on him that she was named in a divorce filing in 1955 by his second <laughs> wife, Mary, who was jealous of his infatuation with the captain. Wow. I'm just picturing Starbuck from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, would make sense. That's really the only the only thing that comes to mind. I love that, like... Someone had to write a legal brief with this information mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, so Swede, I believe he's from Sweden, Billy Meyer, took a similar but seemingly much more self-important approach to his dealings with the Nordics. Meyer claims his extraterrestrial encounters began in 1942 at the age of five when he met an elderly Pleiaren man from Pleiades, a star system near Taurus, um, named Svath. <laughs> After Sfath's death in 1953, Meyer said he began communicating with an extraterrestrial woman called Asket, or Askat. It's Asket, I think. That's a better name. It's got a nice <laughs> ring to it. All contact ceased in 1964, he said, then resumed on January 28, 1975, when he met Semyase, the granddaughter of Sfath, and shortly thereafter, another Playaran man called Ptah. According to Meyer, the Playaren gave him permission to photograph and film their, their beam ships, as he called them, so that he could produce evidence of their extraterrestrial visits. Some of Meyer's photos um, are claimed by him to show prehistoric Earth scenes, extraterrestrials, and celestial objects from an allegedly non-Earthly vantage point. He even claimed that, uh, I think it was Asket took him back in time to meet... Jesus. Oh boy. Yeah, he has like a I, I was I was already kind of tuning a lot of this out and mm -hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> he he has formed I can't pronounce it because it's in German, I think. Um a nonprofit that actually sounds more like a religion slash cult based around his version of, oh, nice. of Jesus, uh, which he calls Jumanuel. Yeah, the Jesus he met, yes. you know, personally yes. when he time traveled with the alien. Yes, with the hot alien woman. Mm. So his pictures, uh, I'll I'll put some up on the, the Instagram, but 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he was just hanging, you know, a trash can lid in front of the the camera, um, which they his ex-wife did claim that they were painted trash can lids. But the impressive part of it is that Billy Meyer has one arm. <laughs> OK, so the, the logistics Give of him doing that. that, you know, but, you know, tripods exist. So, yeah, he could have had help. And he also took some pictures of his TV because he has pictures that he claimed to be of uh, Asket and another play yarn woman. But it turned out to just be a picture of a variety show um, where a, I think, Norwegian pop group, not ABBA, they're Swedish, <laughs> um, was was performing. So, I mean, a good a good model for if you want to show off an alien species that you've just made up, like, that's a good place to start. Norwegian or yeah, any Scandinavian pop band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the ladies were beautiful, but you know, that's your primer on the main alien races. I know it's not a ton of information, but I never said it would be. <laughs> information feels generous. It but it should get you started down the road of green text was- on black background websites and um books like Fire in the Sky and Communion, so there you go. Yeah. I gotta say, I don't believe any of it, but I enjoy hearing about it and like listening to you talk about it. It's it's fun to entertain. Those books and the movies, you know, aren't that bad if you're into it. So go forth. So theoretically, this would be where I talk about the phenomena of skyfish or rods as they relate to UFO footage. Excuse me. Yeah, so skyfish specifically is used in cryptozoology, ufology, and outdoor photography to refer to elongated artifacts in the form of light rods on cameras, like orbs, but like tic-tac shaped. Okay. Um, videos of rod-shaped objects moving quickly through the air were claimed by some ufologists to be alien life forms, uh, extra-dimensional creatures, or very small UFOs. Okay, so like things that like we can't perceive of in our plane. Or- yeah. yeah. Um, so various paranormal interpretations appeared in popular culture, and one of the more outspoken proponents of rods as alien life forms is a man named Jose Escamilla, who claims to have been the first to film them on March 19th, 1994 at Roswell while attempting to film a UFO. Unfortunately, a lot of of UFOs in that neighborhood. uh So uh So, subsequent experiments show that these rods appear in film because of an optical illusion from interlaced video recording and all of that and are typically traces of a flying insect's wing beats. That sounds right. It's bugs. I'm sorry. Before we get to our game... I wanted to um, put in a note about ancient aliens. I was going to do a section on them. I even went so far as to text my dad to see if they were supposed to be Nordics or Greys. Um, they were supposed to be Greys. Uh, and then I realized what a load of horse shit the concept really is. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're getting at, and I would love to hear you talk about this more, because it... if well, people haven't been exposed to this, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, I don't have a lot of information on it. Um, you can look it up, but people back in, in the ancient times, um, primarily in Africa and, and the such, they were more than capable of sorting out their own shit. And it's just, it's some weird white supremacist nonsense that got turned into like a whole thing. Um, it, it stems from the belief that like, there's no way that these, you know, colored people could possibly do the pyramids. They fucking could. It's not hard. Yeah. It's just Stacking rocks on top of each other. Yeah. And also, like, it can also be impressive and still, like, not human beings exactly. are capable of doing it. Like, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, the a- aliens help build Stonehenge because, uh, no, it's, it, it, it is, I don't want to say a problematic belief because that feels so 
like it's racist claptrap is what it is and like you mean like you may not realize that when you are first introduced to the concept but if you think about it for a little bit yeah it's really just white supremacy yeah like i'm not gonna get on my dad's ass for watching ancient aliens like whatever to to genuinely believe in it um it is kind of saying like these these black people couldn't do it by themselves and they could they they totally could. So yeah. that's that's what I'm going to say about ancient aliens is um, it's not worth giving more time than we did to because it's 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 stupider than reptilians. <laughs> and that's saying something. All right. So now that we've we've done that, um, I have a short game for for you. Fantastic. Um, it's called name that extraterrestrial. <laughs> so what is going to happen is I have three abduction scenarios and I'm going to read them to you and you have to guess what flavor of alien it was. Okay. Based on the information that I have just given you. This sounds great. I can't wait. The first one. A woman named Barbara Lamb, a psychotherapist who observed crop circles, claimed that a figure appeared in her house one day. He was tall and had piercing yellow eyes. When he reached out to touch her, he disappeared. Sounds like a Nordic. It's actually a reptilian. That one was the hardest Uh, one. Yellow eyes. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. The teleportation thing, though, that's that's a interesting. Yeah, that's new. That's new. They'll be easier. It was hard to find a a reptilian abduction, weirdly enough. (laughs) All right. In September of 1994, several UFOs allegedly hovered near a school in Rua, Zimbabwe. The children who observed these UFOs were terrified when they were asked to explain what happened. They described beings with big heads, no nose, no mouth, and long black hair. The children said they were dressed in dark suits and communicated telepathically. I think it's about something that's going to happen, said one little girl. What I thought was maybe the world's going to end. They were telling us the world's going to end. I don't even know. It just popped up in my head. He never said anything. He just talked with his eyes. I don't like any of that. No, it's not good. Um, That feels like Nordics. If they had hair, it had to be Nordics, right? That's a gray. No nose. No nose, no mouth. No, no. See, big heads. These are trick questions. Of <laughs> just because it has dark hair. Nordics don't have dark hair. That's true. But, like, also, like, they grays are... They communicated telepathically. We discussed this. Yeah, but, like, grays are bald. Not all grays. Hashtag not all grays. Grays in the popular imagination are all bald. Jesus. So the, the telepathy, the no-nose, <sighs> the bulbous head, none of that? It had hair, Emily. I don't know what you want want from me. I said Nordics were blonde or reddish haired. Well, then I have to assume that the next one is going to be Nordics because I've already guessed it twice. In the 1950s, George Adamansky reported seeing UFOs twice while with friends. Before deciding on the third visit, they were looking for him. Separating from his friends, he saw the craft land and a blonde man emerge who claimed to be an alien named Orthon who warmed Adamansky of the dangers of nuclear war and took him on a trip around the solar system. Later on, in the 60s, Adamansky claimed to have attended an interplanetary conference on the planet Saturn. Definitely reptilian. Fuck off. <laughs> it's a Nordic. You know it's a Nordic. <laughs> oh, that one was easy. You just <laughs> jumped the gun a little bit on those other two. <laughs> to be fair, the reptilian one was very difficult, but... um, The reptilian one was difficult, and the gray one, you tricked me. It was not so. Grays are not always bald. I, I never heard you mention hair in the episode that we just recorded. <laughs> I figured the other stuff would provide contextual <laughs> clues. <laughs> but yeah, that's mm. aliens. I mean, this was informative. The issue that I ran into, uh, well, there were many issues, but the one that 
I had the most trouble with is that there were specific stories that we had already either covered or Mm -hmm. I would want to cover more in depth. So almost like full episode. Yes, because the um, our minis, at least. Yeah. The Hopkinsville Goblin came up, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Flatwoods monster, which is my favorite cryptid. The uh, best. Have she, we? Yeah, we've covered the Flatwoods monster. I think that was in one of my. Yes, because I. It one is like the a thing I've done. Yes. Yeah. Um, she she deserved more attention than I would have been able to give her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, they mostly fall into those three categories. You'll hear different varying descriptions. But again, it's probably just different subsets. Like some grays have hair. Apparently. This is news to me. <laughs> All right, guys. If you would like to tell us if you're alien encounter, uh, you can. <laughs> we are on Twitter at Afternoonified, Instagram at Afternoonified, um, getafternoonified.com, where you can also buy merch. Um, you can donate, um, listen to old episodes, which you are, could probably already have access to easier through whatever podcatcher you're using. So good for you. You can email us at. Uh, afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com remember to rate subscribe review but only that's everything yeah but you know if you disagree with stuff just leave it out of the review it's one episode man uh, yeah that's fair it's one yeah, episode like, just email us <laughs> if you made it this far and you're still mad at us like we're sorry I'm, this is yeah. not the podcast you expected <laughs> I, I did the reading fuck you i did yeah. the reading so these are just opinions it's a, it's a comedy show <laughs> I, I don't know if you could tell how deeply traumatized we were by the reaction to the missing 411 episode, but uh, here we are. Traumatized, but I stand by that it's a load of bullshit. All right, it guys. Is, yes. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> we love you. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below. <laughs>